What's good, everybody? My name is Luke Penaloza. Uh, I'm a student athlete at Shanghai American School, also an aspiring young entrepreneur. You guys can check me out on LinkedIn at Luke Penaloza. And among other things, I'm also your host for the Lucrative Podcast. In future episodes, me and my guests will talk about how to invest your time, finding your passion and career, entrepreneurship, and so many more other topics relevant to the ever-changing world we live in. Um, if any of the content pools above interest you, or you just want some wholesome, unfiltered content from a teenager's perspective, please do drop a follow and tune in to the future episodes of the podcast. I'd say it's a lucrative opportunity that you wouldn't want to miss. Now that's enough about me and the podcast. Today I'm joined by Avi Parmar, and I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, hey everybody, my name is Avi Parmar. I'm a sophomore at Shanghai American School, and a few of my passions are basketball, microbiology, uh, marine biology, and rugby. All right, to kind of dive right into it, right off the bat, talk to me about high school. Kind of, what do you do, and what are so, your opinions? Mm -hmm. So high school has been pretty good, at least in my sophomore year. I felt in my freshman year I didn't try as hard, which led me to like a slow start in a sense with not a single varsity sport that year. But I feel like in my sophomore year, I definitely took a turn for the better where I'm playing um, varsity in two different sports with basketball and rugby. And also I've seen a major jump in my grades. And this is due to the amount of effort and dedication I've, I've honed into my work this year compared to last year. So high school has been pretty good, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that, you know, you kind of had a rough start or a suboptimal start, in your opinion. Uh, could you talk more about, you know, what defines a slow start and kind of how you realized um, maybe you're not having the start you wanted and then maybe how you adjusted and where when you started seeing more results? Right. So mainly just like noticing where you are compared to like other people, because a common trend in any high school, really, and especially in SAS is everyone seems to like compare grades whenever any grade has comes out. So I noticed that my grades weren't weren't as good as everyone else's. So honestly, it's I did see that and there were not really many changes that I made. But what really, really made, made me motivate to which really motivated me to change was like my own happiness. Cause I saw my happiness was starting to go down and I saw my grades weren't the greatest. So I decided to just stop everything, like completely just work on my craft, work on sports, work on the things that brought me happiness and work on myself. That's what honestly made me a better person. Cause when I started working on myself, which includes working out, studying and just enjoying myself, I saw growth in my academic performance and self-improvement as well. So that's where I think I had the most improvement and what caused my improvement. Mm -hmm. So earlier you, you said that, you know, you're a multi-sport athlete now. You're kind of having that upwards curve in your kind of high school journey. So you're obviously a student athlete and you're dedicated to several varsity level commitments, which I know takes a lot of time and it takes lots of energy as well. But you also said that you've been also balancing your academics and you've seen growth in that area as well. Could you talk more about how you've been able to manage your time, especially being someone who's so busy with varsity level commitments and such? So one thing that I learned to do, at least this year, with always having some sort of activity till around 5.30, which pretty much occupies my two and a half hours after school, 
is utilizing my time in school with my free times to get as much work done as possible. So not only do, can I get to sleep before 11, but if there's any revising, then I still have time to do it after dinner. And on top of my sports, I still have um, personal fitness at home by working out at the gym, which usually occupies another hour. So nearly every day, I have three hours of some sort of physical activity planned and just honestly utilizing my time in school to get as much work done as possible. So I have the later two hours of the night to revise or finish up anything that wasn't finished. Mm -hmm. And like, what do you, what do you think is like the benefit? Cause I know I personally have like a very structured plan like yours where I allocate X amount of hours for X, for X activity. I think having such a plan gives you structure and allows you to deviate less from actually focusing on what you need to do. So what are your thoughts on like this kind of balance between your sports, your academics, your personal fitness, as you said, and other personal hobbies that you, you enjoy? Right. So honestly, keeping that balance is what honestly brings you happiness. Cause usually once you don't get your work done, you can work on your personal fitness and then you have that chill downtime. Everyone enjoys having chill downtime. No one wants to work 24 hours straight and just like be working till 2 a.m. No one wants to do that. So honestly, utilizing your time, creating organized structure where you're like, you know what, I'm going to put my phone down and get this work done is, is honestly where you end up getting the most happiness because then you get more free time where you can allocate to your own personal interests, extracurriculars or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a big problem for a lot of students is that they are educated and or people in general, actually, they are educated that yes, uh, I need this free time. Like it, it, it's good for my stress levels. There's all the science they've been introduced about um, behind it. And I feel like a lot of students kind of neglect their own personal needs. Like you see more and more headlines with students committing suicide or having mental health issues that are linked to school. Like how do you, how important are breaks for you as a busy student athlete? Because we know that in a super competitive high school environment that we're slowly starting to see emerge across the world in these like increasingly competitive places. How do you think people should be organizing breaks and what are your thoughts on breaks in general? So honestly, um, everyone needs leisure time and I cannot define leisure time because leisure for me might not be leisure for someone else. So I think leisure is key because you can work and have like leisure as a motivation to work and get through this because a lot of people may not enjoy school or enjoy doing work. So they see the leisure, whatever they do enjoy as like an outcome after doing their work, which I think is needed because it keeps you motivated to finish your work. And that's what I think is important. Like for me, I like to get all my work done so I can work out. And after I work out, I want to have downtime. And that's what brings me the most comfort. And that's what I think everyone should have because um, leisure is so important because with no leisure, people feel constantly stressed. And then that's when real problems start to rise. Mm -hmm. And like a common complaint or like a common kind of piece of dialogue I'll hear in our, especially in the hot hallways of our own school, SAS, right? I'll hear that, oh, I have so much work piled up for this week and I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And at the same time, there's kids who will kind of, they'll, they'll know they have lots of work to do they'll have a plan for it. And sometimes students just don't follow through. And I think where you saw success yourself 
in, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning of your sophomore year, you started to see like an upwards trend. I feel like being able to stick to a plan is almost just, it's just as important as kind of designating that plan of organizing your leisure time through like a outcome kind of outcome model that you just talked about earlier. I think being able to stick to the plan is almost as important as setting the plan up as itself. So maybe what are some tips or tricks that you've had um, to kind of maintain a good fitness plan, to maintain a good time structure, to maintain like a good schedule in general? Like for me, I usually set like rules for myself that I can't spend my leisure time before. If I like, if I don't have my work done, I'm not allowed to have my leisure time. And I know that personal fitness and health is such an important component in my life that I need it. So getting my, it makes me so much more motivated to get my work done so that when um, time comes for working out that I have a good amount of time for it and a good amount of relaxation and recovery for it. So finding that motivation inside you is really what's going to help you drive forward. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much work you have in the future, you'll know that like you'll look real, you'll reflect back on it and be like, yeah, I did it. And it was a lot better than I thought. So a lot of people tend to like set lower expectations for themselves or think negatively of them, which I think is like super, super counterintuitive because honestly, I think when you believe in something and believe you'll get like the work done and kind of it's prioritized, but it's not a worry. You know what I'm saying? So it's you're focused, but you're not worried that you'll not get it done. So making sure that you believe you'll get it done and believe you'll be okay is what kind of creates like that reality that you will get it done. Everything will be okay. And you'll still have leisure time. So it's, it's not only your, your own thinking, but it's also just working and making sure yourself is good and having confidence. Mm. I think like a constant theme uh, throughout our conversation so far, right. Is that, you found fitness, personal fitness to be a big part of your life. Like it's something, as you said, it's something you need. Like it's something that you enjoy, you truly enjoy doing. And therefore by setting it as something you can do after the work, you'll get the work done. Um, I think as you mentioned before, like that's different for everyone. For you, it might be personal fitness, but for, I don't know, like Bob in 11th grade in the UK or something, it might be something else. Like how did you personally find fitness? for um, like working out to be your kind of driver or your um, passion or hobby? I mean, it, it really started off as a weak point for me because I feel like a few years ago, everyone knew me as the small skinny kid. So that, bring, that brought motivation out of me because I didn't want to be made fun of for being skinny and being a stick. So I just basically took the hate and used it used it to feel myself to get even better so that's where my passion for for personal fitness came from mm -hmm. I think on the in the same vein of personal fitness um you're a student athlete you know we play on the same sports teams together you've been playing sports for a long time um do you plan on continuing sports and athletics in college past college like what are your views on um your future with in relation to sports and things you pursue currently? Um, I feel like, at least with sports, I want to get into, like, my, pro my priority is to get into a good school. And if I can play athletics there, I would definitely pick playing athletics there. However, I'm not going to sacrifice um, 
a better university for some type of sports opportunity at the next level. So I, I do really enjoy have a, like, I really have a passion for sports, but if I don't have that ability to play at the next level at somewhere where I want to be, then I'll be fine with it because I, I still know that I will still play the sport, but just not at the next level. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned at the very beginning, uh, when you introduce yourself, you know, you're in your big biology guy, marine biology, and just a science field guy in general. Um, how, how did you find yourself interested in that field? Because a lot of the time we see athletes, student athletes, their main thing is sports. Like they don't really delve into the sciences or they don't really delve into another topic. They're kind of in that one lane. How did you kind of find yourself kind of coexisting both as a athlete who plays varsity level sports and then this guy who also loves science so that passion honestly came from my experiences because i like scuba diving and i've been on so many different scuba dives in so many different places so my love for my marine biology really came from scuba diving and observing the wildlife that around us so like i went to the maldives in 2016 went diving and i also went in 2018 and I already, there was a noticeable difference about the health of the ocean at the point, which really motivated me to look into like the ocean, the food chain, and like what really are the problems with, with the ocean. And instead of like these microplastics that everyone seems to be blaming it on, it's really the, it's the overfishing that's causing, causing these, these populations of fish to plummet. Everyone thinks it's these microplastics damaging the ocean, but in reality, it's, it's really not because because then you see how the food chain is getting disrupted. And once those top consumers are getting fished out for, for, for their fins, then we know that there's going to be a whole imbalance in the food chain and everything is going to erupt. And then I guess the next bit of my biology bit is microbiology. So in the summer of 2021, I did an internship at my dad's, uh, at at the American Hygienics Corporation, which basically is a manufacturing business for baby products and alcohol wipes, I learned about the the disinfectant disinfection process for for the wipes itself and lab procedures, testing for bacteria, testing for you know, all types of different bacteria, and just really learning the the microscopic world that lives that coexists with us. And I found that really interesting because. It's, it's so much bigger than we think. There's millions of microorganisms on us and billions of them inside us. So that was pretty, pretty fascinating to, to mm-hmm. learn about. Yeah, just based on listening to what you just said, like obviously you're super into it. You're super into the marine biology. You're super into the microbiology. Otherwise you wouldn't know this much and be dedicating so much time into it. With that being said, do you have any like future projects planned or any future actionable steps you want to take to kind of that you would like to talk about on this podcast that we could potentially get some exposure on because I feel like when you can connect your passion to some sort of cause or some sort of um, tangible result or movement I feel like that's where the best projects come that's how a lot of businesses and a lot of um, good startups and a lot of good, other good charitable foundations. That's how they begin. It's based on connecting passion, which you obviously have for science and for a um, equitable cause or a problem, um, problem solution kind of setting. So do you have any plans or projects for the future? So, I mean, I've definitely thought of many plans in regards of the marine biology um, 
with regards in like ocean health and all that. But then I've always noticed there's this one problem and it made me think, why is there no problem, no projects for minimizing um, like fishing? And I realized that these fishing industries are so huge that the lobbyists just make sure that they're allowed to still fish no matter what happens because of the constant demand. So I think with overfishing, there really is no solution, which is quite unfortunate because of how passionate I am and trying to make a difference, right? That's the objective here to make a difference, make the world a better place, right? So no matter how much I like the marine, how much I like in the marine biology field, there's, there's only so much you can do, right? So I thought of projects of creating safe zones and farms for fish to populate again, but then again, it comes with the repercussions of not simulating a real life environment for the animal, which does cause it to lose its natural instincts. Uh -huh. I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, you can continue. Okay, and in regards to the microbiology side, I've thought of integrating it more with with the society we live in right now because um, in Shanghai, China, it's it's quite a strict lockdown on on anyone who has or is in close contact with COVID. They get sent to lockdown. Restaurants are closed every other week, and yeah. it's honestly just not the best for. For, hum for for us, for the quality of life in Shanghai, which is definitely not what the people like. So I want to create some sort of like, some sort of movement that can help show how COVID is not really that bad. Like I've done a lot of research on the, the microbacteria that is in COVID that, that really isn't that bad. There's even worse things such as fungi, and like these many different other types of bacteria that we live in every single day with no problems at all, no quarantine, none of that. But then with COVID, it's simply a simple flu. And it seems like the, the, whole, the whole system just goes crazy. So maybe creating some sort of um, like visual or, or poster that displays different bacteria that I guess aren't, aren't, as, as, aren't, aren't as looked upon and compare it to COVID and just really help show how, how COVID really just isn't that, isn't that harmful at all. Because it frustrates me because I wanna go out and hang out with my friends, but there's a new COVID restriction and that doesn't allow me to, which frustrates me and the, or gym closed or, or something like that. So it's, it's really just, I wanna create a difference in my own society for the quality of life to, to be better. Mm -hmm. I think that's a super like real life example and application where you've kind of identified a problem. You've then found your solution to it. And then you're thinking about the potential impacts and how you can draw your personal life into supporting this. I think it's like a great kind of project framework to have. And I think all students in high school, especially those listening, you guys should kind of think about what you love to do. And we have a great example here in Avi. He loves biology, he loves science. So he decides to find that passion, do research, have a well-balanced and well um, a good foundation of knowledge. And then he goes about kind of finding a solution. And then hopefully we can see him launch a solution in the near future, right? So I think everyone listening, I think it'd be a great idea to kind of take those everyday ideas you have 
and jot them down. And while they may not turn into like the next big business, or they might not become like a, some, some sort of huge project, I still think it's worth it to at least acknowledge these ideas because one day maybe you might come up with the next big thing where you connect your passion to it. And I feel like a huge value in listening to this podcast, like thanks Avi for sharing so much about your biology kind of journey and understanding. I think a big value of listening to podcasts from teenagers and other people who are kind of going through this whole project development stage is to find out a good kind of framework on how to do things. And so I think if you don't have anything else to share about biology, Abby, we can kind of shift back to the student athlete high school thing. Um, I think- but, Yeah, let, let's do that. Project is the projects we were just mentioning kind of goes deep into the future. It goes about like, oh, how will I be able to make a change? Which is essentially what also colleges are looking for. They're looking for change makers. They're looking for people who have made an impact in the community. So there's obviously um, subsequent constant dis discussion amongst your peers, amongst your um, family, and even external help like counselors. Um, how has constant discussion about your futures and like what you plan to do in the future, how has that impacted you personally? So there's always that worry or like, like that, that thing that's like, what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? So that's always been in, the, in my head. And honestly, I don't have an answer to that because I, I genuinely don't know what I want to be. But mm -hmm. what I've been taught and what I've learned is to follow my passions and I'll find myself doing something I enjoy while being successful at it. So just sticking with my passions is what I'm going to do. And knowing that's going to bring me, bring me better opportunities. So sticking with my passions is what I'm just, that's what, that's what I'm sticking to. And that's, what's going to bring me a better future. Mm, I think that whole point where we've been kind of brought up in the, in the culture, at least you and I have been educated in, right? Like they've been telling us, do what you love. And I think that's like a, obviously it's a beautiful line. It's great. Like, yes, obviously you should do what you love. Cause at that point it won't feel like work, but I think that's not the reality for a lot of people, like a majority of the population, people who work nine to fives or people who study stuff they don't actually want to study. I think those people are quite unhappy, but it's also a sense of practicality that they have to do this because otherwise there's no stability. And of course the world's very volatile and people want to have security, right? So I think there's a connection there to what you said earlier about the whole fishing industry and that being too big for a too big of a problem to overcome. So that's where people can run into situations like that, where they have this passion, they have this solution, this whole idea they've dreamt up, and then they run into a roadblock, such as the one you mentioned, like where it feels like you can't really do anything against the current of such a big corporation, for example, right, with the fishing industries. So how would you, how would you respond and how would you think is like a, an appropriate response or how would you advise someone to respond to kind of roadblocks in finding their passion and how do you know when you love to do something like you obviously you love biology but like there's maybe it's different for everyone but maybe there's some sort of I don't know like monumental moment that kind of gave you this aha like I, I love to do this and then maybe there's also been roadblocks for you in your journey to pursue your passions so how would you respond to one of those setbacks 
or hurdles? So I guess firstly talking about like loving something. So honestly, love just like anything else, whether it's with a person, a thing, or anything, it, it takes time to develop, right? So mm-hmm. you it, it may start as something that you really just don't like, but it, once you start constantly doing it and you you find joy within it then you start to see that love slowly build up and get stronger because uh something you may dislike right now can be a love in two to three years so Mm. the key to finding your passion is to just to live life and it will come like a lot of people um they stress too much about what is my passion and then they they get into some passion that they're really not even passionate about and Mm. then they go down this whole road of just doing some useless stuff that they don't even really care about, which I think does more harm than good. Because in, in life, you, you, you will love things no matter what. Like, it can, it can be some really small industry, but you'll see how, 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 how much of a difference you can make in your life with, with just adding your passions and your interests into some, some bigger idea, right? And then next, I guess, when you're talking about the roadblocks and everything, so you have to realize like the realisticness of, of some plans, at, especially at such a young age where it's like, I'm a 16 year old and I'm thinking of plans that is gonna affect the whole world. Like, obviously that's not realistic at all. However, when you start to, when you start to think short term, you can see these different projects you can start at school, such as presentations, talking about what it is to raise awareness and slowly build different, different levels where you can take steps up to bigger and bigger levels because you're not going to go from zero to a hundred real quick you're going to go to you're going to go from like zero to one to two to three to four to five to six and so on and it's really about building up because no one's going to go just have that crazy exponential growth it's all starts somewhere just like sports you can't start as the worst player on the team and become the best in in one day It, it takes time hard work motivation and your drive because without that drive you're not going to go anywhere with it because then you're going to just see it as another chore that you have to do yeah i think that's a very mature and very wise respectable approach to it like like you said through sports it kind of taught you that you can't just be the best player in one day you it's obviously going to take lots of time it's going to it's like a combination of time hard work dedication motivation and discipline right I think sports does a great job at teaching people that. And I think such a mature approach, as you said, can be applied to everything with starting these projects. Maybe you start something at school, right? So that's why I also want to preach like we students and people alike, we all need to take more. I think the whole world needs to take a little bit more risk. We're, we're far too reserved. And a lot of times people will say, oh, but I'm not that type of guy or I'm not that type of person. I'm not a big public speaking person. Well, how are you ever going to be if you don't try it? You know what I'm saying? So I think exactly with, yeah, with there's a fine line between being realistic and also like there's a there's fine line between being realistic and also being innovative. I think there's a gray area between there where we as people need to navigate. We need to find something that is innovative, but not out of your reach where you're just shooting for the moon without fuel. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a great right. approach, a great take from you. And do you think your background as sports can be attributable to this kind of understanding of life where you have to take things one step at a time and it's not just going to be instantaneous success? Right. I mean, you can apply almost any sport with it because, because everyone starts off 
at their very worst and then they see growths and then they see slumps and then they see growths and then even more slumps and then they might plateau and then they keep working hard and and then they finally see growth it's it's really about it's not really about like the sport itself that you take away it's really about the memories the dedication and the skills you acquire mm-hmm. once you once you really push yourself and and play these sports that you can really apply later in life to to passions that can later turn into businesses right because technically what you think may not be realistic at least short term but it can definitely be realistic in the long term and i think anything is possible but uh, but you do need a plan to to get to get in that in that area because some of these plans may be so big and it may take years to do it but it's definitely possible so you do need to look at it in the short term and then maybe you can leave some middle ground mm-hmm. between your short-term goals and then your long-term where you'll start to see that that growth of where you decide to go because that middle middle area is where it's the unknown and it's it's what you it's it's really what you don't know it's you don't know anything that's going to happen you can either have crazy growths crazy drops but then it's really about either recovering if you're down or growing even more when you're when you're up Mm -hmm. yeah so overall i think that was very insightful stuff from you avi um, to kind of wrap it all up, one big takeaway from me, from what I've what we've discussed today, I think for the audience especially, is very applicable. I think there's a clear like three to four step plan that anyone can take right now, especially if you're feeling kind of stuck or unproductive. I think firstly, it's to find what you love. Obviously, that might take a long time and that takes time to build. So I think a byproduct of that would be to take more risks, to try new things, and then maybe you'll find the thing you love whether it's a small obscure industry or whether it's like a big thing that everyone else loves also doing, I think being able to, once you found your passion, you can go follow in other steps. I think steps two would be to kind of, you know, find, develop a realistic, a balance, but a plan that is balanced in realism and also with innovation. And once you have your plan down and once you have your passion down, all you got to do is go get it. And I think that's a good three-step approach that anyone who's listening to the podcast um, should take away from today's episode from what Avi has shared. And I'd pass the mic to you, Avi. Do you have one big takeaway or something you want the audience to remember? I mean, one big takeaway that I have is just, is just live life to the fullest. You only have one life. Mm-hmm. For just sure. Up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'd like to thank Avi, my guest today, for joining me on the second episode of the Lucrative Podcast. Uh, It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And as for the audience, you can find Avi's ads and links in the description of this episode. And with that being said, I hope to see you guys tune in to episode three. And thank you so much for listening to the end. Please drop a follow. And I hope it was a lucrative experience for you all.